Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's going on? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sellers. I hope everyone has had a great week. And Mike Moffer from Pelicans.com joins me as always as we continue our player recaps. Just two more to go for the week and then three more next week. As we've already heard from Scott Kushner, who talked about Josh Hart, Aaron Hardigan yesterday, or Aaron Wilkerson. We can go through the last name debacle um, another time, but she was gracious enough to talk about Jackson Hayes. And we bring back old reliable Will Guillory, who covers the NBA and the Pelicans for the Athletic. He's here to talk about Nikhil Alexander Walker. What's up, Will? How are you? Yeah, man, I feel like I'm the uh, Roy Halliday, uh, the podcast guest on this show. Uh, shout out to my guy, Jim, the, the Phillies fan here. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like I'm just holding it down, you know, whenever you guys need me and I can come through in the clutch, just like Roy Halliday did many a time. Isn't that right, Jim? Will, if you continue to make Phillies references, there might not be many more appearances for you based on Daniel being the one that schedules all the guests and sets all these interviews up. But but I, I do appreciate the Phillies reference for sure. We're already and- off to a rocky start. We haven't even begun talking about the Keel Alexander-Walker. So, you know, maybe I should bring in some points. You know, uh, uh, Will, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I think one of the best shots he had this season was a three-quarters court buzzer beater against the Charlotte Hornets. So I think we can always bring back the hashtag always heave. As you know, if that buzzer beater doesn't happen, you know, do do the Pelicans win that game against the Charlotte Hornets? So, I mean, do we need to start that well since you're going to bring up Phillies uh, baseball here to begin? I would say that's... Uh, that's allegedly uh, one of his best shots this year. I, I think that's still up for debate. Uh, but, you know, yeah, uh, uh, I, I heard a, one, a wise man once say, you know, uh, a dead clock is right twice a day. So, you know, every time, once in a while, <laughs> one of those crazy shots will go away. But we all know the majority of the time they're terrible shots. And, and, you know, I guess we'll deal with it when it goes in. I got to look over at Jim smiling at me whenever one goes in. But most <laughs> of the time he, he keeps his head turned because he knows they're like flying into the fifth row more times than that yeah so you're making fans happening with a potential souvenir though will i feel like that's a win-win situation (laughs) right jim you know will just reminded me that i noticed in one of the pelicans videos at the end of the season when they did the top 10 i think it was three point shots of the season or three point highlights maybe i'm not sure specifically what it was now but the top four were all heaves so i thought that that was very um telling that as as our conflict continues to rise to 
levels of, you know, international incident <laughs> type beef. Uh, the Pelicans made maybe as many heaves as any team in the league this year, though. But I want to say, too, that as I was watching the – this is a, a random note, but as I was watching a halftime of the Hawks-Knicks game last night, it reminded me of the conflict between Giller and I over heaves because there was some people walking – some shoulders walking into each other. And even to make it even better, one of the players involved was Solomon Hill giving Nerlens Noel a, a very violent shoulder. So – that was one thing that just kind of it reminded me of, of Will and I of how, you know, we're, we just don't see eye to eye on this. And hopefully that t- type of thing doesn't happen when we return to the Smoothie <laughs> King Center next season during halftime of games. But who knows? A little Anything shoulder about- shove? Exactly. And I would like to say you mispronounced the legend, uh, Solomon Hill, uh, you know, all time great Solomon Hill. And I've always said, I don't know if you ever heard me say this, Daniel, but I've always said Jim was the Nerlens Noel of uh, a Pelicans beat writer. So I think that conflict fits him perfectly. I think the best I think it would have that would have been a very appropriate analogy if Nerlens Noel had signed the contract extension that he was granted, making him (laughs) making him extremely overpaid. (laughs) <laughs> and providing way less value than than the contract that was doled out to him. So that would have, if, if that happened, I would have been on board with you. But as it is, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I think about that that comparison right now. Well, you know, three yeah, of just... the you know three of the four people involved in that skirmish: Julius Randle, a former Pelican; Nerlens Noel, technically a former Pelican, as he was drafted by the Pelicans; and then Solomon Hill. So, and then Will's got a Tony Allen jersey behind him here. I know you all can't see it, but I mean. We're just, I mean, we're just going back in the history books, it seems like today. We haven't even gotten to Nikhil yet. This thing's already gone off the rails, thanks to, I guess, maybe I mean, thanks to me or maybe to Will. I don't know. Yeah, you I wouldn't expect anything less when I come on the pod, that's for sure. I, I didn't think about that Pelicans connection. I, I'm not sure what to to draw from that. I don't know if there's some. some there's nothing anger, to draw some, from that. Some, <laughs> right. Some, <laughs> pen up, maybe some pent up emotions from being in the, finally being in the postseason and and just the intensity that comes with that. Absolutely. Well, well, hopefully, you know, when we talk about emotion, I feel like when we talk to Nikhil or hear from Nikhil, you know, he's always a great soundbite. He always it feels like digs deep into really, you know, focusing on what the question was and really going into something uh, about his game or, you know, him coming back from injury. I mean, I noticed that at the end of the season, you know, when he got the, that time. And, and Will, I'll start with you when we talk about Nikhil. Um, sort of like what we talked about with Jackson, the guy that had dealt with some adversity this season, especially with the injuries, um, you know, the playing time being up and down, like getting a chance to start at the end of the season. I guess overall, how would you describe the, the topsy-turvy type season for Nikhil? Yeah, and I would say I think that's a great point to start here because I think that's one of my favorite things about Nikhil. It's just his self-awareness for a young guy. I think he's had, you mentioned, it's such an up-and-down career up to this point. And I think, you know, thinking back to his kind of arrival a couple years ago in Summer League and he's going crazy, potentially could have won MVP of that Summer League, almost carried the Pels to the championship that year. I think he probably came into his rookie year thinking, okay, uh, this is pretty easy. The NBA, I could do this. Uh, 20 
a game seems pretty light, you know, and then he steps in and has a horrible debut in his hometown, Toronto, and it kind of goes downhill from there during his rookie season. And I think he kind of got off to a similar, you know, terrible start this year. But again, I, I think he's a guy who's able to look himself in the mirror and know what he needs to improve and know where he's lacking. And I think that's so important for a young player, especially when your opportunities are limited. You got to understand what it takes to make an impact. And I think during this season, we saw a substantial amount of growth in his game, not only making shots, because I think I wrote this earlier in the season that, you know, his shooting numbers weren't really that good, especially on catch and shoot. And I thought, you know, there was going to be a regression to the mean at some point, because I think we all agree that Nikhil is a good shooter. We see him working on his shot. I think the big thing for him, and Stan Van Gundy says this all the time, is just decision making, knowing when to shoot, when to pass, when to get aggressive, when to allow your teammates to do their thing. And I think that's the, the, the gradual growth we've seen from him as a guard. Uh, but I think, again, what I love is the fact that he's able to look himself in the mirror and say, okay, here's where I'm messing up and here's what I got to do to be better for my teammates. You know, it's, it's funny. I feel the same way. Listening to him give interviews is always impressive because he's very thoughtful and he's very thorough in terms of he doesn't just take the question and, and, and kind of toss it aside and answer, you know, 15% of what you asked, he really does genuinely try to kind of confront or, or respond to the question that's asked. But it, it's, it's funny also listening to him speak this season, especially in the second half of the season, it sounds like sometimes that that's actually a negative for him, that he feels like he kind of overthinks things on the court too much. But I think he got better and better at that as the, as the year went along. And that's why we saw kind of the results that he produced. Um, one of the words that Will used, I think, opportunity I look at it as kind of if you want to really broadly generally look at Nikhil's season I think that was a a really key word because he got the opportunity to start in more games than probably we expected due to injuries um, especially by Lonzo Ball where he was out for a stretch but he also was Nikhil was also denied the opportunity to kind of build on what he did in the middle part of the season due to that injury that he had where he missed 18 games so I was really encouraged by how well he played overall, and especially when he got starts and got a really big opportunity to be, on, to be on the court. A lot of guys are like that, especially guards where, you know, they get the minutes and they get the ball in their hands and you see a much better player. But it was disappointing that he wasn't able to, you know, out of no one's fault and not, not certainly not his fault that he had that high ankle sprain that that was a stretch that I was really looking forward to. It seemed like the last couple weeks of the season, he was able to keep building on what he did earlier in the year, but unfortunately he was really denied what would have been a really long stretch of, of big minutes on the court. Doesn't that stuff though, take time when you talk about things that Nikhil is talking about with his self-awareness and what he needs to work on and making decisions and the game slowing down for him. I feel like with a 17th overall pick and I think getting that experience is something that needs to be done in order for him to make those adjustments. You don't make those adjustments while sitting on the bench or when you're hurt. And I feel like when you're trying to evaluate him and moving into this offseason, doesn't it just take time, with, with especially with the point guard position, if that's where he's going to play? Um, we know the type of shooting he's capable of doing. I know the volume of shots is there, as he's not afraid to take them. But, uh, Will, I'll go with you. Does it, is it just a matter of time for him and just getting an, an offseason underneath him again? Um, when he really didn't have one from his rookie year to his sophomore year, and then just him kind of building from there? 
Yeah, I think that's a conversation you constantly got to have with rookies, especially guys, you know, drafted outside of that top five, top seven. It's, it's all, so much of the time it's about, you know, situation and opportunity. And you got to remember, you know, Nikhil stepped into this team, you know, back last year when they had Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, J.J. Reddick, Josh Hart. I mean, they had so many guys in front of him. And uh, while other guys had an opportunity to just kind of get thrown in the fire and figure it out. He kind of had to earn his spot and it took him some time to really get an opportunity. And that was even the case this year, he, even, you know, with some of those guys no longer on the roster. And I think Jim mentioned that that stretch he had right before he hurt his ankle, you could tell, man, the light just came on for him and he, he looked extremely comfortable in what he was doing out there. I think he had a nine game stretch where he was averaging like 17 a game, making four, three pointers a game, not taking four threes, making four, three pointers yeah. a game shooting it at a great rate uh, I thought he was extremely comfortable in what he was doing and again not just making those spot up opportunities because of course they're going to be there with Zion Zion's getting triple team all the time you're going to get those catch and shoot opportunities but getting to the rim being efficient and pick and roll finding Jackson Hayes on those lobs I think he just looked like he, he knew what he was doing out there he was comfortable in his role and I was screaming it you know from the beginning of the season and I know I'm a Nall stand. I'm a guy that's been riding for Nikhil from the beginning I thought he should have been in the starting lineup early in the season because I thought he was able to bring that element of a guy who can make plays and pick and roll as well as knock down those open threes. So I think the more he develops those two sides of his game, the more we're going to see him as a consistent member of this rotation. But I think this is going to be a really important season for him coming up to really establish who he's going to be because obviously this team also has Kyra Lewis, another young point guard who's finding his way. And I think those guys don't necessarily play the same position I think you can play them together, but I think Nikhil still has to find out where he fits with this group and how he can be effective. And I think we saw that before the ankle injury. And just unfortunately, you know, he just had some terrible luck. A guy fell into his ankle and he had to sit out a month or however long it was. Uh, but I think that stretch right before he got hurt really showed what he can be with his team. And I think uh, a lot of people within the organization are excited about what he can look like next year with a full offseason under his belt. Well, you mentioned getting to the rim. I thought, you know, Daniel talked about how there are certain things that you have to be on the court before you can learn. You can't really get this, pick up some of the stuff from the sideline. I thought his finishing around the basket was better this year. As a rookie, it seemed like a lot of times he would get go left and get his shot blocked on the baseline, or he would just not be able to make the shot. He would end up taking a difficult shot that didn't go in that would, you know, roll off the rim. It seemed like he was better. I, I'd have to look at the stats to show that tangibly, but um, it seemed like he kind of understood better of using his size too. He's a, another big guard of being able to, to, you know, make shots around the basket and that's going to be huge for him. Um, the other part too, I was going to mention about his experience as a rookie. I don't think he played a lot of point guard at Virginia tech. They had other guys that kind of handled the ball. I think later in his college career, of the multiple years that he was there, he, he did handle the ball more, but I think that that's a learning process for him too, as far as the decision-making goes, as, as far as when to pass and when to shoot. But like you said, I think that was an area that he got a lot better at this year, as far as seeing the floor. And, and, you know, we remember, remember the, the highlight plays where he threw alley to Jackson Hayes, but just overall, I think he was better in that part of the game, but it's definitely an area that he needs to keep improving at. And another thing I factor, I guess, that we're going to have to think about and the team is going to have to sort out too is, is, is he going to play more point guard or is he going to play more shooting guard? I think he's shown repeatedly that he's a extremely talented scorer and that he can play that. I think that 
that off big um, catalyst off the bench scorer is something that he can do, but he showed that he can do that as a starter as well this season. And I think he's pretty much told us that he wants to be a two guard, right? That, you know, he, he was kind of put in a position to play a little bit more point guard as a rookie. And he didn't really necessarily feel comfortable doing that all the time, constantly running pick and rolls. And I, and when I heard him say that, I kind of had a flashback to Drew Holiday and how he was got like constantly screaming at us for years. Hey, I'm a two guard. I'm not a point <laughs> guard. Stop going to be a yeah. point guard. I'm a two guard. Yeah. And I think Nikhil is kind of at that point where, hey, this is where I feel comfortable. This is where I think I can be effective. And also, you speaking of voice is in my head. I can hear Stan Van Gundy listening to this pod and saying, can you talk about the defense? We got to talk about some defense <laughs> with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And I think he made some real growth on that side as well. I, I think he's one of the best guys on his team as far as, you know, getting deflections in the passing lane. I think that's one of the strongest points of his game, just being disruptive on a defensive end. He showed some real growth with that. And I would love to see that length on the perimeter with him and B.I. and Lonzo and those just guys just attacking uh, other teams' uh, offenses. I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on as well. How much can he grow defensively? And can he be that guy that you throw on a Trey Young or a Russell Westbrook or, you know, one of these top flight point guards? Can he become that guy? I think that's going to be the next step in his uh, growth process. Does that seem like, you know, we talked about it with, with Aaron Hargan yesterday with Jackson Hayes. It seemed like the defensive side of the ball is where you want to see the most growth. And with the Stan Van Gundy team, obviously defense, becomes the main priority. So, Jim, I just kind of want you to elaborate on what Will said as far as the defense, the side of the ball, is we know what Nikhil is capable of on the offensive side. And you talk about whether he plays the one or the two. I feel like his versatility in spots, you can play him at either one. But on the defensive side, what does he bring um, that can allow him to be one of those two-way guys in the sense that you're not worried about him on the defensive side as much as you are um, right now at least? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think the voices in Will's head are are 100% correct on on this one in terms of the focus sometimes is, is way too much on the offensive end than the defensive end. But I think um, in some ways that Jackson and Nikhil are a good comparison in terms of the defensive end. I think Nikhil has a lot of the natural ability and even the anticipation as well to be a, def- a good defensive player. And even though it was probably something overlooked and something that we didn't talk about that much over the course of the season and not something that people call in to us at, on the post-game show to rant about, to say like, man, did you see Nikhil's deflections tonight? Um, he, he definitely showed a lot of strides in that area of the game. And I'm very excited about the possibility of him becoming a, you know, a really good defensive player and just how that's going to help the offense as far as, it did seem like that happened a bunch of times this year where he, he was disruptive on defense and that led to getting easy baskets at the other end. Well, I feel like that was Will actually calling into the post game show, by the way, I think that was him, you know, he's our biggest, his, yeah, he's the biggest voice. fan. You know, he was always, I think one of those guys from Marrero that would call or from Gretna, you know, he, <laughs> he would, he would, Say a different name. He has an alias. Do you have an alias, Will? So we can kind of keep an eye on that. Next yeah, my, year? my alias is actually Tyler Hansborough. I, I don't know if Jim. Knows <laughs> it, but, yes. I guess before I let you go here, you speak of Tyler Hansborough in North Carolina. Um, is Will, uh, you know, sad about Coach K retiring, you know, next season? Uh, I'm sad because I love to beat Coach K. I love to see that look on his face when he walks on the off the court after another heartbreaking defeat at the hands of the Tar Heels. But I am happy that he's leaving and hopefully they'll stop stealing all the one and done recruits like Zion and Brandon Ingram. And maybe a few of those guys will come over to Chapel Hill. I tweeted yesterday when the news came out. Listen, if you're tired of your coach all up in the camera, 
you know, having his goodbye tour, getting all the interviews. Come on over to Chapel Hill. Hubert Davis will let you get the shine. He's not going to hog the spotlight like Coach K will in Durham. I, I didn't want this to turn into a recruiting pitch, but I guess <laughs> well, that's I'm, where I'm we're glad at. it did turn into that. I, I think this is what people wanted. <laughs> that was right. a great that was a great 90s reference there, by the way. <laughs> I love that. You know, it's funny. I, I don't remember ever getting a call from Tyler Hansbrough on the postgame show, Daniel, but I think that was because when Will kept asking me over and over again what the number is, I, I would always give him the wrong number. So see, that's the issue. I was wondering what the problem was. <laughs> no wonder why my phone was blowing up after every game. It was Will calling in to talk about Nikhil's deflections and the name yes, exactly. Tyler Hansborough. I keep getting voice messages from Tyler Hansborough. I was like, what the heck is going on here? But you know, maybe we'll come up with a different alias for Will this year and see if he calls into the postgame show. But uh Will, this was great stuff. Uh great job breaking uh Nikhil down. I know you were on last week as well. And uh, maybe I guess we'll, we'll bring you back one more time for another always heave discussion next week. We have three more players. Maybe we'll let you choose whether you want to talk about Kyra, talk about Najee or James Johnson. And then uh, uh, we'll have you on one more time as we wrap up these recaps. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to, you know, I always love to come on the pod, talk a little Phillies baseball with my guy, uh, Jim Eichenhofer. Where's the mute button? I think I found <laughs> it here somewhere at the bottom of the page. Here. Oh, this was Will's last uh, t- time on the Pelican <laughs> podcast. Presented by CG. He's going to take a little break as I send them some Braves videos uh, from the early 90s to get him back on track, and then maybe we'll have Will back next week, Jim. I'd like to make an announcement, Daniel, before we get off the air, though, that Will and I will be launching a Phillies podcast next week <laughs> now. So just wanted to, to let that – we'll I'll have the more more details for you guys later, but just, just yeah. let you know we're excited about that. Yeah, the actual name of the podcast is Jim Tomey and the Homies. So check us out <laughs> all over on Apple Podcasts. I thought it was going to be called Tyler Hansbros. <laughs> that's what's good. <laughs> that might have to be the case yeah you can you can find them uh wherever you want to talk phillies baseball but we'll bring back will on and talk some pelicans too i guess next week will always a pleasure pleasure my friend appreciate you guys you can follow him on twitter at will guillory covers the pelicans in the nba for the athletic go to theathletic.com for all of will's stories we have one more as christian clark wraps up the week tomorrow with his good friend billy hernan gomez and then as we mentioned next week kyra lewis jr naji marshall and James Johnson as we put a bow on these player recaps. Until tomorrow, for Jim Eikenhofer and Will Guillory, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.